You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Guess who's back? Back again. Zardos is back. Tell a friend. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is Sci-Fi 5, your five minutes of science fiction history for September 30th. We hope you've been having a joyous and blessed Zardtember. Over the past four weeks, we've extensively covered Sir John Borman's film Zardoz, as it premiered across Europe in 1974. Today, we return to Spain, as Zardoz premieres in Barcelona. So far, we've talked at length about the obtuse-seeming plot, what with floating heads and all the talk of exterminators, psychic eternals, and the crystal computer overlord called the Tabernacle. We also covered what led Borman to transition from lean, mean movies about masculinity like Point Blank and Deliverance to something so idiosyncratic. We also shared some anecdotes from the set. But you may be wondering, why? Why so much time on this movie? Because it's good, actually. Zardoz does not hold your hand. Now that isn't what makes it good, but respect that. Characters will say and do things that don't make sense at the time. Also, it's a wild-looking movie full of mirrors, rear projections, and a lot of skin. But if you are willing to live in its world and have some patience, you will be rewarded. It might seem like everyone involved was on a lot of drugs, and we're not saying they weren't, But at its core, it's a pretty regular story of a chosen one finding his purpose in life and freeing humanity from itself. The myth-building and fantasy vibe actually put this a lot closer to new wave science fiction writers like Michael Moorcock or Harlan Ellison than to, say, Forbidden Planet, with all respect that's due to that masterpiece. Zardoz could be considered a pioneer of slipstream fiction, exploring abstract ideas rather than giving a sciency facelift to a straightforward pulp adventure. Zardoz is about how sex and death should both be desirable. Zardoz is about religion's usefulness for controlling people. Zardoz is about social inequality, showing bored, sexless haves and violent enslaved have-nots. And Zardoz is about the need for advanced society to be destroyed to save themselves. Zardoz took social commentary from the movies of the 60s, and in the wake of 2001, it psychedelicized them. Side note, Zardoz looks great because it has the same cinematographer as 2001. Borman has said he thinks his script was overloaded and the production was undernourished at a $1 million budget, but the effects crew worked hand-in-hand with the cinematographer to cleverly figure out how to avoid post-production special effects. Everything we see on screen is what the camera saw. So why has Zardoz spent so many years in the dunk tank? This is just speculation, but I think it gained a reputation early on that it's just starting to shake. The movie features nudity and frank discussions of sex and sexuality that ensured it could not be shown on network TV. Since VCRs were not widely used in 1974, people who didn't see it relied on word-of-mouth descriptions. Ironically, the movie uses the flying stone head as a commentary on iconography, but the head is what the public latched onto and might be all they know about the movie. Zardoz quickly gained a reputation as the movie with the flying heads, where a virile Sean Connery wears a wedding dress and drives everyone into a hallucinatory orgy with just a drop of his sweat. But you know what? 
that's all true. It's an adventurous flick. Some of John Borman's favorite authors are Bradbury, Herbert, Vonnegut, and Huxley. The influences, the DNA of all these writers, are blatant here. It's a potent infusion of humor and fantasy into a dystopian future with rich world-building. So, that's our show. Now we'll see you next week as we kick off Zardtober. <laughs> Just kidding. Probably. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for September 30th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.